Hello and welcome back to another episode here on Authentic Spoon Nutrition. I'm your host Tess Keatley, an accredited practicing dietitian. This podcast is for anyone who's interested in learning about nutrition, business for health professionals and also this year I'm changing things up and having authentic conversations with people who really inspire me. So on today's podcast, I would like to welcome Madeline Woolens, who is a registered nurse and the founder of The Functional Nurse and The Functional Skin Studio. I've been connected with Maddie for the past couple of years over Instagram, and I've been really inspired by her drive and passion for not only business, but also her very holistic approach to skin health. I've had my own personal journey with all things acne over the last five or six years. It's actually what got me originally into studying nutrition in the first place. So acne has a very close special place in my heart. Um, So I'm really excited today to be picking Maddie's brains about all things business in the first part of the episode. And then we're going to be diving into all things skin health. So we're going to be taking a look at Maddie's top tips for acne prone skin, which skincare products you should be using, how to prevent the early signs of aging, face masks, do we need them, and common skin mistakes that we're making without even realizing. So let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining me, Maddie. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast this morning. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm excited too. So I'm going to start off the podcast and ask you a little bit of an interesting question. So if you had to pick one skin or beauty product for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? If you could only pick one. (laughs) That would be torture, but I would probably pick a good quality oil. Mm -hmm. Um, That way it can double as your your cleanser and your uh, face serum oil as well. So good quality oil. Everyone must have one in their skincare regime. Yeah, I've actually just started to use an oil to take off my waterproof mascara when I go in the ocean. It's the only thing that seems Mm -hmm. to take it off. And I learned that from you as well. So tell us a little bit about your background. So you're a registered nurse, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So what what led you down the path to study nursing? I pretty much always wanted to be in the healthcare industry. I think growing up, the plans was more to be a dermatologist. And then I think I got to around year 12 and realized that that was becoming a doctor and specializing. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't overly realistic um, at the time, but I I discovered cosmetic nursing and that was more so the the next best thing for me. Um, So yeah, I've always known that that's what I wanted to do. And did you study in Queensland or in Brisbane or? Yeah, I studied at QUT. So I think I graduated maybe four years ago now. Mm -hmm. QT, so it's a three-year degree. Yeah. And did you have to do further study then to become a cosmetics nurse? Well, prior to my uh, nursing degree, I did do a diploma in skin and beauty. And then post that, you do have to do certificate certificates and um, competencies in cosmetic injecting. It's a lot stricter now, um, which is great. But yeah, there is post-grad studies. And did you like uni? Were you a good student? Um, I... Probably was a little bit too young at uni. I did party a lot. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Looking back now, I wasn't taking in much information. I liked it for the social aspect, but probably the first year I did actually drop out in uh, my first semester. Mm-hmm. I was only 18 and I just was not ready for that level of commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I went back a year later and I was much more committed, but yeah, it was more of a social social thing for me I was exactly the same hey it's so hard you just finished high school and you go into uni and you 
it's a lot you have a lot more freedom at uni you can kind of come and go as you please it's not like school so yeah so when you finished nursing did you go down like a traditional route of working in a hospital or what kind of areas have you worked in yeah I I applied for postgrad so with nursing you have to do or you you do a year postgrad or a six-month postgrad course so you're essentially just working full-time minimum wage of what your nurse uh, wages would be and um, with that you kind of can do a postgrad course so you specialize in that area with our year that graduated not a lot of us got the postgraduate but I happened to so I did take did take it even though I wanted to do cosmetic more mm. um, so yeah I did my postgrad I didn't overly enjoy the area that I was in and I just wanted to get straight into cosmetics but yeah. now I'm back at the hospital as well so yeah yeah do you find that's a good balance though to keep your clinical skills up as well yeah I think full-time um as a new grad some full some new graduates get to have like a point eight where they're just doing the four shifts a week but ours was full-time and it was extremely full-on uh, which was great because it made me a better nurse but at the time it was just a little bit too much and um, particularly with shift work as well. I didn't overly enjoy it and I felt really burnt out. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, it was hard. Yeah. So you still work in the hospital now. What ward do you work on? Um, I'm in orthopaedics now, mm-hmm. uh, which wasn't really my my passion, I guess. However, there's a lot of like uh, a lot of facets to nursing where it's not just your passion, it's the nurses that you work with it's the ward it's the culture of the ward so I'm on a really beautiful ward where um, I get along with the nurses and it's a really great culture whereas I've found like working on other wards it may have been the area of interest however the culture wasn't Mm. there with nursing that's extremely important because you're all relying on each other to keep your patients safe and yourself safe in the situations yeah definitely I can fully relate to that I've worked when I used to work in the hospital there's certain wards that I just used to cringe going on to because the team environment and the staff were not the funnest to be around so yeah that's so important so tell us a little bit about um your business so your Instagram is the functional nurse and you've recently started the functional skin studio how did this all come about and what inspired you to start your own business well I've um worked for cosmetic clinics or beauty clinics for like the last 10 years and I've always known that I would open my own. I probably didn't expect it to happen as soon as what it has. I just found working for other clinics, although they were very well run, it just wasn't wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't what I believed in. And I'm quite stubborn in that way. And I found it hard to, um, to work for somebody else who was uh, more money focused than patient care focused. Mm-hmm. I kind of got to a stage where I was just fed up and... I couldn't handle working for somebody else anymore and I couldn't handle having to do procedures and sell products that I wasn't wasn't believing in. So yeah, I, I got to a stage where I just had to open my own for my own mental health. <laughs> it's so interesting. Everyone who I've interviewed on this podcast who started their own business kind of says the similar thing. Like it just, the values yeah. didn't align and they really wanted to do it in the way that really inspired them as well and I think that's so important as well and sometimes it's not always about the money as well so you could have been in a a secure salary wage but you'd rather do it in the way that um, suits you so yeah that's great so tell us it's definitely not about the money (laughs) yeah yeah definitely Um, so tell us a little bit about your business so who do you see and what kind of what's your ideal client 
So the clinic now is expanding and we do have a naturopath and nutritionist on board and a doctor as well. So predominantly the cases that we get through are women from around the ages of 20 to to 50 and um, a lot of them have skin conditions or skin concerns. Uh, We're quite a natural clinic, even though I'm injecting uh, cosmeceuticals, but we're quite a natural aesthetic. So a lot of the women I see are healthy and fit, but they just want that kind of glow in their mm-hmm. skin. Yeah. And they don't want to go overboard. Mm-hmm. And your um, clinic's in Brisbane, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah in yeah. East Brisbane. So for anyone listening right now, what would the best piece of advice you could give someone who kind of is thinking about starting their own business and wanting to take that leap? What would you say to someone? Uh, definitely getting help in areas that you're not certain with. So before starting the business, like I've never done a business course and that's not my specialty area. I met with an accountant quite a few times before I opened the business and I met with a lawyer um, and just other people who had open businesses and I got their advice. So I, yeah, accounting is not my forte. I had no idea the figures involved. So I met with my accountant probably three or four times before I opened the business and she would run down all of my expenses and whether or not I could realistically realistically afford to open the clinic. And then we had all of our plans. So plan A, B, C, if I failed, what would I fall back on? Mm-hmm. And all of those type of uh, scenarios. So that really, really helped. I know a lot of people just want to jump into it and open it because they're passionate, but you need to have the backing yeah, as well. I think that's such good advice. There's been times where in the last couple of years where I've just wanted to do things and not really thought about what the steps beforehand were and then it finally catches up on you. So, yeah, that's great advice. Um, So what would you say the hardest thing about running your business is now? Um, I think just keeping everybody happy. Mm -hmm. Um, I found when I worked for others, you would just work nine to five, you leave. If anyone's unhappy, there's a manager team. Like you, you don't really have to deal with it, whereas now I'm on call. 24-7 and if anything goes wrong it always falls back on me so there has been like a lot of anxiety for me in this first year and I'm learning to deal with it better but yeah it's just if anything goes wrong or if something happens with your employees it's all on you so yeah so it's it's a lot Um, you certainly don't get paid for those extra hours of work that you're doing at 12 o'clock at night Mm. but yeah the uh the reward the passion and the reward is uh, certainly outweighs the anxiety, I feel. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one thing that people forget is that when you start your own business, you get to work when you want and that you think there'll be less hours involved, but there's a lot more hours involved and all of the behind the scenes stuff that people don't really see. (laughs) Just constant. Yeah. So what are some of the positives? Like what do you love most about your business? I do love the freedom. I love the freedom to... Like, because I obviously with the cosmetic clinic, I love the freedom to bring on board treatments that I believe in and products that I believe in, and also to pick and choose my clientele. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that's really important to me. I, I try to keep the energy in the clinic uh, a certain way, and if someone presents that I just don't feel aligns with that, then I can turn them away, which sounds terrible, but previously working in clinics, you had to treat anyone that walked through the door because there was a target to meet. Yeah. Whereas now, um, if it, yeah, if I don't feel that they, yeah, I don't know how to put that without yeah. it sounding rude. I know what you I, mean. I can pick and choose who I treat. Yeah, I've, I can sure. fully relate to that. I've had clients who have very strong beliefs and values about nutrition and the way that they eat. 
and it doesn't agree with mine. And as a mm-hmm. health professional, I don't want to then go and say, okay, well, that advice is okay to do because it's not actually okay. And I thought maybe I'm not yeah. a practitioner for you, but here's someone who might be able to help you. So I think, yeah, I think that's yeah. really clever. Um, so what's been the highlight of your career so far? Um, I think just opening the business and having uh, the bookings that I did. So I was able to book myself out in advance and that way I knew, yeah, at least it would be successful for that first three months. That was pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, just to know that it was going to pay off and I was going to be able to pursue my dreams. Yeah. For sure. That's amazing. I think before COVID-19 happened, I went to book in for like a facial or something and you were fully booked out. And I was like, oh my God, you go girl. That's amazing. That's so good. Yeah. So you're in Brisbane. Um, can people book online? Um, not at the moment. Yep. <laughs> Still booked. Um, we, um, they can book in with my team. At the moment, uh, we're just trying to catch up from the COVID closure. So we had yeah. to reschedule a lot of patients. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, usually online we have all the booking links. So all my staff, you can book in through their own individual booking link for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the skin part of it. So this is, I was so inspired to get you on the podcast because obviously for some of the listeners, I originally got into nutrition because I suffered with acne and then I was like on Google figuring out what foods to eat to fix my acne and all of that. So I'm very excited to pick your brains about this Um, and I have learned a lot from your Instagram Q&As that you do. So what's one of the most common questions that you get asked on your Q&As? Usually it's patients with acne who are feeling quite anxious and want the the quick fix, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I'm often sent photos of of, um, products and asking whether these products are actually good or are they just well marketed. So I think there's a lot of confusion in the skincare world, um, particularly with all of the marketing out there. So clearing up that confusion is basically what I'm doing all day, every day for for patients. Yeah, definitely. I think I've sent you a few before. (laughs) Um, So what are some of the most common skin concerns you help people with in the clinic? Uh, Funnily enough, it's actually women in their late 20s to early 30s with the skin condition. So I'm not seeing as many teenagers as I used to. I do find it's post oral oral contraceptive uh, acne is Mm -hmm. so common. I probably see two to three patients out of my load a day um, with post post pill acne. Yeah. Um, and quite stressed because they feel like in their 30s they shouldn't have acne. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of mental health around that as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's how it all started for me. I went off the pill and then a couple months later I had acne and I'd never had acne in my life. So it, yeah. um, it was very overwhelming. <laughs> so I see that you tend to use a lot of what would you call cleaner beauty products. So mm-hmm. um, how important is clean beauty to you? And do you try and stick to mostly clean products or do you use a bit of a mix of both? Uh, definitely a mix of both. I seem a bit hypocritical considering that I do inject uh, toxin. However, I just my whole thing is a my patients being aware of what they're putting on and having the um, the right information to decide if it's right for them. Mm-hmm. So women, particularly men as well, but women particularly are exposed to so many chemicals all day with their beauty products. So reducing that uh, chemical intake is really important on a daily basis. Yes, I inject people a couple of times a year um, and I'm not saying that that is okay. It's still obviously a toxin and unhealthy, but you kind of need to pick your battles. Mm-hmm. So 
I prefer my patients to be using natural deodorant and natural perfumes and natural skincare so they're reducing their daily toxic load. And um, and then if they opt to have injections, then it's not as bad for mm-hmm. them as if it was, you know, the, the daily chemical load. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I do do a mix of both, but predominantly it's clean beauty that I stock. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what I really like about, um, I guess, your philosophy with beauty and everything is that you're really transparent with your audience and you you always give I guess the evidence and the science behind it and the risks and everything so um and then it gives people that you know the option to make their own informed decisions about whether it's right for them so that's great so moving back to acne now um what are some of your best tips that you can recommend for people who have acne prone skin um always finding the root cause which I know anyone with acne hates hearing that Uh, but you will spend a fortune on topical treatment and products. Uh, but sometimes it, it just comes down, as you would notice, like to a basic blood test and there could just be a certain deficiency or there's the underlying PCOS. Um, once you kind of know that why, then it still might take a year to clear, but we, we know we're on the right path. So that's why I've had to implement a nutritionist and naturopath in the clinic so that we could actually do the testing because previously when I've been working in clinics, we have to sell them an acne pack. Mm-hmm. And that just might be 10 treatments. Um, they might get a little bit of reduction, but that underlying you know, inflammatory marker is still there. So they're never going to be happy at the end of the treatments. So obviously I'm still doing topical treatments, but if we can help and um, reduce that inflammation from an internal point of view as well, we're going to get much better result. Still might take a long time to heal, but we're on the right path. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely having an allied health team. Um, don't just go and see a beautician. Make sure you're seeing a naturopath, a nutritionist, dietitian as well. And as you would know, a lot of patients think that they're eating healthy, but they're not aware of how to actually eat for their condition. You know? Yeah, um, definitely. I yeah. hear that so often in the clinic. I, I'm eating healthy. I shouldn't have acne, but yeah, there's there's a lot more to eating healthy than good or bad food. Yeah, I used when my acne was really bad. Um, people used to people used to say to me, so what, what are you eating? Like, what's your diet like? And I'm like, oh, I'm a dietitian. And like, so sometimes yeah. it's not always about what you're eating as well. No. So for me, it was PCOS, and every single yeah. thing that I did, I just could not, I just couldn't get uh, um, in control of it. So so many other factors, yeah. yeah. So I think that's really yeah. great that you guys are looking at it with a really holistic lens. So that's great. So for someone who has acne scarring like myself so i have Uh hyperpigmented red scarring at the moment what would you recommend (laughs) usually with the hyperpigmentation the scarring we want to try and reduce as much inflammation any kind of superficial trauma to the epidermis is going to cause more hyperpigmentation Um, i do like skin needling skin Mm needling is really effective um, helping to restore collagen production and I do also do plasma injections as well. Um, so the whole kind of vampire facial, it's not the vampire facial, but that's how everyone yeah. knows it. Um, so by injecting the plasma into the, the tissue, it can release growth factors that stimulate and increase the reparative cells. So that's really effective, particularly for my patients with pitted acne scarring. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a a bit more of an advanced treatment but it's certainly a great option yeah I've actually had that before a couple of years ago and it's crazy the results start to kick in like well for me like a month or two afterwards so it's like yeah. is that the skin yeah. rejuvenating itself yeah that's yeah. it and then typically 
yeah, the results, like the studies are over a year post. So it's continually working. It's just not instant gratification, which a lot of people want. Yeah. Um, like the science is there and it's, you know, yeah. good six weeks later, you see the result. Yeah, that's so cool. And what are some of the biggest skin mistakes you see um, women doing? So reflecting back on mine, when my acne was bad, I was cleansing, exfoliating and probably like overdoing it. So mm-hmm. is that a common mistake that you see or...? Yeah, the over exfoliating, particularly because a lot of patients aren't realizing the exfoliants can be exfoliating ingredients can be in their cleanser as well. So they're like, well, no, I'm only using the harsh scrub once a week, but they might have acids in their cleanser. So they're cleansing morning and night, and that's exfoliating. And then they're using a facial brush, and that's exfoliating. So a lot of skin types that I see are very sensitized and stripped from the actual products that they've been using, not just the actual harsh exfoliant mm. from once a week yeah. so yeah overstimulating the skin is never going to be effective particularly if you are inflamed and you do already have those skin issues um, obviously your body's not in a state to heal and rejuvenate so forcing your body to produce new cells is it's not going to be healthy you're not mm. going to eliminate the dead cells and then get these healthy new cells that come through because your body's in an inflammatory state so yeah it's a very common common mistake that a lot of people make how important is sunscreen or spf and can you excuse me explain the difference between a chemical sunscreen and a physical sunscreen yeah there's so much controversy around sunscreens at the moment um obviously i've just got to go with the science that's Mm -hmm. there and you know we don't want sun cancer so sunscreen is very important Uh, and particularly from an aging aspect as well Sunscreens can just be really hard, particularly for acne-prone patients, because it can make you break out more. So your natural sunscreens are a more physical barrier of protection. Um, So they may contain ingredients like your zinc oxide, um, and that helps like reflection of the, the UV rays. So I, although a lot of patients want to go the more natural sunscreen, I do tend to find that sometimes they can break out. Um, acne-prone patients because it's a physical occlusive barrier. But then there's the chemical sunscreen, so they absorb the filter UV rays. And the controversy around those is that there can be harmful ingredients that can be absorbed into the bloodstream. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's a hard one. Yeah. Um, sunscreens <clears throat> are something that I, I leave up to my patients to pick because a lot of the times they're not compliant with it anyways because it can be thick and heavy. So if you find one that feels great for you, and that's going to allow you to wear it every day, then go with that one. Yeah, it's so hard, especially, like, because I'm in the sun every day, like, at the beach, But and I, when I did have acne, I would always put sunscreen on, and then I'd wake up with, like, four or five more pimples, and it was such – it was, like, a catch-22, and I really didn't want any more sun damage because, like, I grew yeah. up and probably didn't take the best care of my skin a lot of the time, and I'm quite fair, so – but I've finally yeah. found one that works for me, and – I want to buy like a gallon of it. I swear to God, it's great. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Once you find one, you stick with it. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, they have to always make this. Otherwise, I'm going to be very unhappy to <laughs> discontinue it. So um, yeah. speaking of agings, what are your best tips for women who want to prevent the early signs of, early signs of aging naturally? Naturally. Mm. Um, keeping hydration levels up. So there are different formations of wrinkles in the face and some of them are due to muscle contraction, which you can't really do much about naturally without the injections of a muscle relaxant. Um, there's also lots of little fine lines of wrinkles that we get from dehydration. So 
yes, you can use a hydration serum topically, but staying hydrated. Most of us aren't drinking our three to four liters of water a day. So that can certainly help. Um, and then I'm usually recommending a collagen supplement. I don't know how you feel as a dietitian about them, but I do find like the stimulation of collagen is there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, cool. they're probably the two more natural ways other than staying out of the sun. And what about um, using face masks? So how often should we ideally use a face mask? It depends, I guess, what face mask it is. So I probably switch between about three or four of them and I might use them a couple of times a week. So the the way that I explain face masks to my patients is that it's presenting the symptom on the day. So you might have one there for congestion. So if you're a little bit more congested, you might use your clay mask. Or if you're feeling a bit more dehydrated that day, you might have a hydration mask. So there's not just one mask for each week. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of look at the symptoms on the day and treat it with that mask, if yeah. that makes sense. Okay, cool. And um, what is your daily skincare routine? And I know it's different for everyone because (laughs) everyone obviously has different skin concerns or skin conditions that they're trying to treat, but I love asking you this question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, of a morning, I pretty much do the same thing every morning. So I'll use an oil cleanser. I don't like to use anything too harsh of a morning because obviously there's there's not enough buildup of of um, makeup and debris and things. So I'll do an oil cleanse of the morning. I then use a hyaluronic acid serum. So hyaluronic acid serums are great for pretty much all skin types just to keep that uh, hydration level. I then use an antioxidant serum. So mm-hmm. antioxidant serums are great of the morning because they are fight-free radicals throughout the day. So it's like a protection layer. What else do I do? I then put an oil on because I'm super dry. So if you're oily, you might want to skip that step. And then I put a touch of my sunscreen on. Um, and then my makeup so that's kind of my everyday morning routine nighttime gets a little bit more complex but it always starts with an oil cleanse to take my makeup off and then I go in with a more cosmeceutical grade cleanser for a deeper cleanse Mm -hmm. Um, and again I have about four or five of those (laughs) I switch between Um, and then I layer up all my serums lots to it Um, but yeah I usually exfoliate once a week and a mask probably twice a week Mm With the oil cleanser, would you say that they can be used for all skin types or like for someone like myself with acne-prone skin, would it be okay to use? Or Yeah, it's amazing for acne-prone skin, um, again, because you're not stripping and not creating more inflammation in the skin. Um, and also <clears throat> oil helps to regulate oil flow. So a lot of people who are a little bit more oily and sebaceous, they will try and steer clear of oils, but a good quality oil will help to regulate the oil flow. And there's also mild antibacterial properties within that as well. So mm-hmm. it's great for, for acne prone skin. And speaking of products, what would be some of your favorite brands or products that you recommend and you use yourself? Yeah, um, Biology is a huge one. I know you've tried mm-hmm. them as well. Um, even if people don't like the actual product, I feel that the um, ingredients and the ethics behind the brand is incredible. Um, and it's a, a good benchmark for, for all of your skincare products. So Biology is a huge one, um, quite frankly, natural botanicals by Lux. And then we have like our ingestible products like Imbibe and um, TMI's naturopathy range mm-hmm. as well. Pretty much every product I stock on the website is all clean beauty. And I, I loved, um, I still use Biology now. I definitely found that because I was obviously using something that was a lot more 
I guess, conventional. And then mm-hmm. with biology, it's just like one or two ingredients, which is amazing. Like it's so simple. My skin did yeah. go through a bit of a purge with it, uh, but I think that's totally normal to do, right, when you use a new product. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people will stop using a product after a purge because they're not sure if it's a good purge or a bad. But when you are using uh, cleaner products, particularly if you're switching from more conventional products, you will find a purge for sure and it releases a lot of that toxicity in the skin. So you stock these products on your website, is that right? Yeah, we started a website during COVID um, thinking that it was just going to be for my existing clients in just small amounts, but it's um, certainly grown. So now we we are constantly growing with the website. Oh, that's amazing. Congratulations. So I know where, to, know where I'll be buying my beauty products from now. And yes. that's where can we find that? So is that the Functional Skin Studio? Yeah, the functionalskinstudio.com. Um, so is that kind of your biggest project that you're working on at the moment? At the moment, as it would be for you, you always feel like I'm working on a project. I am releasing an internal health supplement in a couple of weeks in collaboration with my naturopath. And that's probably been the biggest one that I've been working on. And then eventually we'll head down the skincare avenue. How exciting. But product production takes a long time. Yeah, I can imagine. I don't. I wouldn't even know where to begin with that. So good work. <laughs> Um, and what are, is that some of your goals this year then to get your your products out there? Yeah, I think um, particularly post-COVID, my goals have kind of changed mm-hmm. and um, I really want to try and achieve that work-life balance, which has not been there for probably the last two years. I think having the forced stop has made me realise just how full-on I've been um, and I found I haven't been able to switch off from work. So... That's something that I'm working towards is getting, you know, my employees and having them ready to go so that I can take a day or two off mm. and really actually switch off. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my goal for this year. Mm. It's so sure. hard. And I think we spoke maybe like six months ago about we both kind of went through that experience of we just burnt ourselves into the ground and it wasn't healthy for mm-hmm. anyone or anything. So I've finally yeah. been able to take a step back and I find that, my work is more productive and the quality of my work is better when I am well rested as opposed to just like go, go, go. It's not, it's not good. So yeah, really important. Yeah. So where can we find you on Instagram? So what's your, what are your Instagram handles? The functional nurse is my Instagram Mm -hmm. and we have just started the functional skin studio Instagram, but there's nothing on there yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle doing two Instagrams. So for the moment, it's just the func- functional nurse. Yeah, um, cool. And then that's enough. <laughs> finally, finally get there when when we're ready. And yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Do you find that girls who have acne do get a bit nervous about coming to see you for the first time? Like, obviously, I know the first time I ever went to see um, a skin specialist, I was didn't want to go because I had such bad acne and they say don't wear makeup for your first consultation and I was so paranoid Mm -hmm. about that um what would you say to girls who I guess are feeling like that yeah um I've certainly been there for sure so I I don't ask for no makeup because I know myself when I had acne I couldn't leave the house without it so to avoid that risk of anxiety I will take it off in clinic Mm -hmm. um for them so I guess it's a it's a safe space that we're in and I show oftentimes on my Instagram my before photos and how bad my acne was I still to this day 
struggle to be seen without makeup because you, know, you have that post-traumatic stress, I guess. Um, after having acne, you always feel as though you need to hide it. So it's definitely a safe space. Pretty much all of my staff that are there have had the same experience. So we know just how yeah, debilitating it can be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's nothing to be nervous about. Um, and I, I did post the other day and had quite a good feedback about Rakutane. So taking an acne drug, some patients I found stopped coming to see me because they had started the drug and they were really nervous to tell me. Um, but that's where I really want my clinic to be different, where I, I'm there for them if they want to go down that avenue for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, some yeah. of our patients are taking Rakutane under our doctor's guidance yeah. um, and that's completely fine. Yeah, and that is me. That's where they're yeah. ending. I haven't actually told my Instagram yet, so this will be the first time they hear it. But, yeah, so my my story was I'd struggled with acne off and on for five or six years and tried mm-hmm. everything, like literally did everything. And then it got to the point where I had to do, like, a lot of filming for work and I was on camera and I just, like, bawled my eyes out with crying to the point where it was debilitating, yeah. like I couldn't even go to work, I couldn't sleep. The thing that people don't realize is acne is actually painful, like even sleeping on my mm-hmm. pillow. So mine's weird. It comes and goes. Like one month I'll have clear skin and the next week I will have full-blown inflammatory acne. So, yeah, I, yeah. Um, Accutane for me was the last option and I was so scared and apprehensive about going on it. But obviously there's a lot of risks involved and you do need to chat to your dermatologist and GP about as you said. So... But yeah. I'm probably eight weeks in now and I'm on like the lowest, lowest dosage that you can go on. And I literally don't have any more active pimples. It's just scarring now. So it's mm-hmm. amazing how quickly it works. But I'm obviously still have to, you know, go through the whole process and my skin is very dry at the moment. So yeah, but yeah that's what I but really... See that- yeah, that's the thing. Like, you're the perfect candidate. You've tried everything. You're extremely healthy. You're not avoiding, you know, searching for that root cause. And it was affecting your mental health. And, you know, you're a healthcare professional, so you, your face needs to be out there. Mm. And um, I did have some patients who were the same. I had some that were, you know, I had one who rescheduled her wedding because of her acne. Mm. And, yeah, it was beyond the stage of, of trying to go natural. And I feel like there is so much conflicting information online as well like before I went on it I was watching YouTube videos of people's experiences in America who have gone on it and they start Mm -hmm. on really really high dosages and have some really full-on side effects so I think too is speak to a healthcare professional not a YouTube influencer for everything in life yes exactly (laughs) yeah Um, well I wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast today I've definitely learned a few things and I hope that the listeners have learned something as well and know that there definitely is light at the end of the tunnel if you are suffering from acne or I think it's just about figuring out what's right for you and how you can treat Mm. certain specific symptoms so thank you so much thanks for having me Thanks so much for listening today, everyone. If you have a topic you would like me to discuss or if you know anyone with a really inspiring story, please let me know below in the comments. It would also mean so much to me if you could give this podcast a review, a rating and subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.